You're listening to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Some material may be disturbing and we do use adult language. Listener discretion is advised. To get access to new episodes, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Get in on the conversation on Instagram and join our Facebook discussion group at Killer Queens Podcast, where we discuss cases covered on the show and all things 90s. But don't take our word for it. (laughs) Now on to today's case. Oh, man. Welcome back to Killer Queens. I'm Tori. I'm Torella. And it's nice to be here. <laughs> so, so um, today we're going to be talking about the case of Michael Williams. And we got this tip from one of our friends, Megan. Megan! Thank you, girl! Yeah, she's really been um, shooting us a lot of cases that she's interested in and also has told us a lot about the cases that we've covered Mm -hmm. and given us the her input on things and and we appreciate that we like it yeah thanks girl and also dad i'm getting to some of yours too because my dad (laughs) sends me upwards of 40 cases a day well but it's very helpful because he's he's doing our research for us and i appreciate that absolutely well he's figuring out the cases but he doesn't do anything after that and I would not pay him, but I would allow him to go through and research it for me. <laughs> just hand me hand just, me the research here. Just saying. Yeah. So um, this case, it takes place. So um, Lake Seminole, it's just outside of Tallahassee, Florida. It's like um, about 50, 60 miles outside of Tallahassee. And it's a favorite hunting spot for Mike Williams. And so Mike, he was married to a woman named Denise. He had... At that point, a 17-month-old daughter named Ansley. Oh, my God. He seemed like he had it all. Like, he had um, the wife, the daughter, the successful real estate career. And it said that he would go hunting at any chance he would get. He loved to go duck hunting. So he would go, and he would go all by himself if he had to. Like, he did not mind. He just loved going. So in December of... 2000 I think it was 2001 excuse me 2000 no it was December of 2000 sorry (laughs) was it a Wednesday or a Thursday (laughs) it was actually a Sunday oh no wait no I'm just kidding it was so on a very very like unseasonably cold um December morning in Florida um he decided to go on a hunting trip by himself so he grabbed his hunting gear, he got a shotgun, and he headed to the lake. And he told his wife, Denise, they had been married for six years at that point, and that year or that day was their sixth wedding anniversary. So he told Denise that he would be home by noon that day. And because he told um he had talked to his boss at the time, his name is Clay Ketchum. And he told Clay that he would he was like gonna take his wife to a bed and breakfast that night. And, you know, nothing, nothing too, too extravagant, but they were going to go to a bed and breakfast. And so he had to be home early. Well, that, um, that evening he did not come home. Like, um, he was nowhere to be found. And so Denise got worried. So Denise called, she called Mike cause he had a cell phone with him. But he didn't answer. She called him a whole bunch, didn't answer. So she ends up calling her dad and then called one of their or one of Mike's best friends, Brian Winchester. 
and they all met at the lake, Lake Seminole, where he was hunting. And <clears throat> they couldn't find Mike, of course. So what they were looking, it was right at dusk when they got there, couldn't find him. And at that point in the day, it was very windy and very cold, and the temperature had dropped to 19 degrees, which it made the search like super difficult. They could not find him. So they decided to call off the search that night and then get back at it the next day. So the one of uh, the Florida wildlife and game officials, his name is David Arnett. He was one of the first to arrive to investigate. And when he got there, he was told that there was a missing boater on Lake Seminole and that they had called off the search the night before, but the next day there was a break in the case and they found his boat on the lake. Hmm. So... When they got to his boat, it was about 300 yards from where he launched the boat. It was just floating in the water. It looked like he had just been there by himself. There was a shotgun still in its case in the boat. And there were like duck decoys on top. Like, you know, it was obvious what he was there for. But of course, well, Mike's body was not there. They couldn't find him. So uh, the manhunt for him, it stretched for days, then weeks, and then months. And they used like men on foot, they used dogs, helicopters, and they had divers like, you know, searching the lake and they could not find him at all. So at that point, they realized that rather than because they were holding out hope that they would find him alive, but they decided at that point that he was they were looking for his body, most likely. So they did believe, though, that his disappearance was an accident. And what they thought was that he had just fallen off of his boat and he had drowned And then they thought that the weight of his hunting gear had caused him to go to the bottom of the lake. And David Arnett said that there had been no indication of foul play at all, and it seemed like an accidental drowning. But his mom, um, Cheryl, Cheryl's a saint, she was like, "Eh, eh, that did not happen. There's no way. Because a lot of what they were saying after he drowned, because they're like, well, where's the body? Like, if he drowned, he's got to be there. There are alligators in that lake. Mm. But they were saying that the alligators had eaten Mike. Well, she was like, Cheryl said, alligators don't eat that cold. Like, they're cold-blooded animals. They go into, like, the zombie-like, lethargic kind of, like... At the um, bottom... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just, it's like they're, like they're like, hibernating. Yeah. They don't eat that late. And so that's what she had a huge problem with because she was like, there's no way. And they sure don't eat people whole. Like there would be pieces of him. They also said, because you know how I've seen it on, you know, Crocodile Hunter. Um, <laughs> they take the piece and then they like do that death roll thing yeah. to rip off pieces. Yeah. There's no way they could eat him whole. But they also, there was a theory that alligators, what they do is they'll take whatever like prey they have and they'll store it somewhere for like months at a time and like save it for later i guess i don't know but this is feeling very gross to me yes it is pretty gross but if you're an alligator though i don't know because you know like if he a huge huge snapping turtle well not even super huge but like it so if the alligator did take him do the death roll and then the tear him apart. Turtles eat the rest of him? Yeah, like some other pieces maybe. I mean, there could be other animals that ate, like animal predation happens. Or, I mean, it's a possibility. It's a horrible thing to think well, about. Well, but I mean, we're talking about it. We got to think about cover all options, right? Yeah. Um, there are those alligator snapping turtles, and I've seen those. What was that show? It was this guy named Manny, and he would like take like huge branches. Modern Family? Oh, no. <laughs> There's more than one Manny, Sally. Oh. 
Um, it's this guy that has super long hair and he was almost like Tarzan meets Babio. Oh. And he would take these, these huge branches and like put them. Cause you know how when snapping turtles or whatever, and they get all mad, they're like, and like have their mouths open. And then he would put the branch up next to him. They kind of do. Oh God. They make some weird noises. And then the, the alligator snapping turtle would snap the branch in half. I mean, they can break somebody's bones. Oh, no problems. For sure. So that's one thing that in the West Memphis three case, there was some, some speculation about because the boys were found in the water and one of them had some injuries that originally the police and investigators thought was somebody slicing something. But later they also thought it could be turtles like picking at them. And Bob Ruff went back when he did the truth and justice um, season on that. And they put some stuff in the water and filmed it and got turtles coming and like picking at it. And the, the injuries kind of look similar to that. So they definitely will. will will do that. Too. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it's real life, but it's so wrong to think about, you know, like it just doesn't yeah, feel awful. Yes. It's terrible. So I guess I'm just saying there's, yeah, there's a possibility. I mean, I get what she's saying though. If it's too late in the season then that maybe none of that would make sense. I'm not, I don't know enough about it to dispute it. I don't know when they eat. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. But if they did, even if they didn't get it all, then like you said, sometimes they'll kind of tuck stuff away for later or maybe some other animals got some of the other pieces. Potentially. Either way, that dog ain't going to hunt with Cheryl. She was not having any of it. And she was like, no, that's not what happened. So she the whole time was like, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't going to. No, that's not true. Um, so another problem is, and it was early on a Sunday morning, but nobody saw Mike at the lake at all. Like no, there were no witnesses. Hmm. Um, so they're like, well, I mean, it doesn't, I, I don't know, is, is the story that the way that they presented it, because Denise is the only one who's telling what happened. She's recounting this. And so they just have her word to go off of. Mm. Um, so after that, so the search is called off on February 11th. So this is three almost three whole months of searching and they don't find him or i guess two months search crews searched for 44 days that's more than 700 man hours and investigators believed that there was nothing there might be nothing left of him because the alligators got to him and it's that case is a super strange missing persons case on that lake because every other person that had gone missing in the history of forever on Lake Seminole had been found. Like the, he's the only one that had been that had disappeared and never been found. So like they'd been found like they had drowned or something mm-hmm. or, or, or and their yeah. bodies were found. Yeah. So it doesn't really like the alligator thing doesn't really make sense. But oh, okay. I guess they're saying so, like yeah, maybe there's not a history of that. Right. Hmm. Interesting. So around six months after Mike's disappearance, they found a hat floating in the lake very close to where Mike's boat had been found. And when they pulled, like investigators, when they pulled this um, hat out, they asked Mike's good friend, Brian, they were like, Brian, do you think that this is something that Mike would have owned? And he said, yeah, I mean, it looks like something that that he could have owned. It didn't have any, they, they tested it. There was no DNA on it. And um, they found that really like, kind of suspicious, but they were like, well, I mean, maybe. So then days later, it got even weirder. They found a fisherman who was fishing in the, in the lake 
um, found a pair of waders floating in the water. Hmm. And they were the same kind that Mike had been using when he was fishing or when he would fish. But if the whole alligator theory... Yeah, his waders would be torn apart. And they were in pristine condition. Like, he had just taken them off or not even put them on. And it's weird that that, those two things would just begin floating around. Six months later. Yeah, and that close together. Mm -hmm. So then, a few days after that, they found Mike's hunting jacket. And in the hunting jacket, he had his hunting license. And he had, um, it was like intact and legible. You could see it. It was like it had not spent spent any time in the water. And mm. he had, there was a flashlight that was still working. Like, it's sick, for six months it's been floating in the, in the water. water. Yeah, in the water. Curiouser and, and curiouser. I know. And as with most lakes, if it had been at the bottom because he had drowned. So let's just say he drowned. He sunk to the bottom because of the weight of all of his gear. There, It wasn't like covered in algae. It wasn't covered in... <laughs> what? Wow. It's a thing <laughs> in muck and goo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, if he had drowned... Perfectly clean. Things could become dislodged from his clothing or whatever at some point. I don't think your pants would come off like that. No. Maybe if they'd gotten ripped or something. But there was not one rip on them. And, yeah, it's But just there'd like be evidence that they'd sense. been in water for six months. Exactly. Mm. So... Um, it was clear to investigators that someone had planted these items. <laughs> like, bum, bum, bum. stop at the hat. Maybe the waiters. But let's go another few steps <laughs> and drop stuff from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Be like, I know. He liked to go to Crystal's. Let's, <laughs> I'll go to Crystal's today, and then I'll put the receipt in the morning. I'll be like, that was Mike. Like, exactly. Bitch, the date says yesterday. I know. Come on. Well, they tried. They tried. They tried. Um, so Thank the, goodness they tried, because I can see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, news director for the Tally... Mm, the Tallahassee... The Tallahassee. <laughs> the Tallahassee Democrat, Jennifer Portman, had never heard about the case until... So, it was six years after Mike disappeared. And she was reading through the Tallahassee Democrat. And she comes across this full page ad that was saying like, have you seen, you know, do you know anything about this missing person? Like, please help find my son, bring him home to me. And so Cheryl, she had been every, like, you know, as much as she could, she was taking out billboards. She was taking out um, ads and like newspapers and papers to try to get any information. She was making like handmade signs. That breaks my heart. And marching like in front of the church, in front, like up and down the streets. She wrote a 27 page single spaced note with like notes and evidence and wrote the governor of Florida every day for nine years to try to get somebody to because they just called it a, a like an accidental death and like missing person, and they're like, Well, it's not gonna happen. Wait, nobody so they investigated found all this stuff six months later and knew it had been planted and the investigation was closed. Nobody investigated it. What the fuck? I know. Poor I know. Cheryl. I know. So after Jennifer Portman found uh the ad, she decided that she was gonna um recover the story. 
So, of course, she said that the alligator angle was what she found so bizarre at first. And then she started getting to the story and found out that the whole thing was pretty ridiculous. So friends and family said that Mike's wife, Denise, was devastated when she found out or like, you know, when when no. He was Was never found. I know. Right. So they were both only 31 when Mike disappeared. Um, they had the young, she had the young daughter to look after. And then, so Mike and Dennis, Mike and Denise, (laughs) sorry, Denise, (laughs) my bad. Don't apologize to her. Okay. It's Mac and Dennis is what I'm trying. It's like Mike and Denise and it's Mac and Dennis. It's so close. Um, so Mac and Dennis had started dating when they were both in the ninth grade at a private Christian school. And it's kind of like a cliche love story. It's kind of sweet, but it was like he was a football player. She was a cheerleader. Oh. They found love. Um, so Clay Ketchum, um, Mike's boss, said, like, described him as a very hard worker. And he was bent on being successful. And so he had two jobs in college. One was at the real estate firm, which he kept working at, called Ketchum Realty Group. And then um, he was, uh, like, part of the state appraisers, I guess. I don't know. Um, so normally in Florida, this is something super important, which is like, oh, it pisses me off. So normally in Florida, you have to wait five years before you can declare someone legally dead, um, like a missing person, which I'm so sorry, but every time I hear, like, see the sentence or think about legally dead, it makes me think of fat bastard. And he's like, I haven't seen my Willie in three years. Oh. It's long enough to be declared legally dead. It's so funny. But so this, it's three years in some places. Though. Well, in Scotland, I think. Oh. Um, so it's five years for Florida. Okay. But Denise, after six months of Mike being missing, she asked the state to issue Mike's death certificate. And they fucking did it. On June 29th, 2001, a Leon County judge declared Mike Williams presumed dead. And Cheryl, Mike's mom, had no idea that Denise even did that. Hang on, hang on. So it's supposed to be five years. Yeah. After six months, which coincides exactly with when they found all this suddenly planted evidence that... She probably yep. cited as the reason that he That's needed to be exactly. dead. Have you read the story before, you little smart cookie? You knew exactly <laughs> where this was going. And yeah. they didn't put that shit together? No, they did not. They did not. Or they didn't care. What the fuck? So yeah, they. she used the... She beer-flavored nipples or something? <laughs> I know. that She used the found hat, waiters, hunting vest, license, and flashlight to you know, present evidence that he was in fact dead. I don't know. So, so she was like, listen, judge, I put all this shit in the water the other day. I know you found it. So obviously he's dead. Obviously he's dead. Yeah. What else Case can we say? Closed. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, well, make, make sense. Right. Sure. I got to pick up Santa Claus anyway. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, so Yeah. And then when Cheryl tried to get police to open an, a criminal investigation to find out what happened to Mike, of course, Denise gets furious, mm-hmm. like pissed. So she says to Cheryl, and also Cheryl is a precious angel from heaven. She only wears pigtails. Only. Really? She's so cute. I love her. I know. Um, 
So Denise tells Cheryl, she's like, if you do anything to get a criminal investigation started, you're going to lose access to Ansley. She's like, <gasps> I'm not. Yeah, she's not going to see you anymore. This is what's going to happen. So Cheryl told Denise, she's like, what if this was Ansley, though? Like, what if Ansley was missing? Wouldn't you want to know what happened to her? And uh, Denise goes, that's different. I have to go on with my life. I don't ever want to hear Mike's name and I don't ever want to see Mike's face. Like, we're done with this. Don't talk about it. I'm trying to move on. And they'd been together since they were in ninth grade. Mm hmm. My God. I know. What a total bitch. So former deputy sheriff Derek Wester said, I believe he was killed and his body was taken somewhere and uh his body was taken somewhere and his truck and trailer were staged at the lake. Like he didn't believe any of it. This is like later on after like the investigation has been. Um, so after Mike was declared legally dead, Denise of course cashed out on the life insurance policies that had been taken out on him. And one was more than one mm -hmm, or two. So one was written six months before his disappearance. It was for $1.5 million. And Damn. there's really no way to know if Mike ever knew that the policy was taken out for him. And it, it was strange, though, because like it, the way that they did the policy was as if Mike had done it himself. But another interesting um, angle to it is that the person who wrote the insurance policy was Mike's great good friend, Brian Winchester. He's an insurance salesman. Mm hmm. So. Um, he, Derek Wester was put on the case five years after Mike's disappearance. So they did open it as a criminal investigation. And he said, if it had not been for Mike's mother, a criminal investigation would have never happened. Oh yeah. And he would just have been the missing person. Mike's former boss, Clay Ketchum, who already said was like a father to Mike. And so he told Mike that since, because he loved hunting so much that it just made sense since he's got this baby, he's married, he should take out as much insurance as he could on himself because just of... Just in case something happened. Yeah, like hunting accidents happen. I mean, it's it just makes sense because he's around guns all the time. And um, he also said that, like, he believed that Mike had just drowned at the lake. But then when everybody was talking about the alligators shit he was like and -uh, this doesn't make any sense like he started to question it and he also questioned if mike was ever at the lake even at all um he said that mike kept all of his guns at the real estate office for safety to be out of reach of ansley and the shotgun oh, that what was a good daddy i know it's so sweet so the shotgun that was found on the boat like um mike's brother Oh, I can't think of his name. I feel so terrible. Um, it's down here somewhere. I'm so sorry. But um, his brother said that that's not even the gun that Mike would have used for duck hunting. Like, it's not even the, the type of gun at all. Hmm. So he said, like, when you enter their office, the real estate office, after hours, there's a security code that you have to type in to shut off all the alarms. And Clay said that, like, I can't tell you for sure that Mike... Williams had typed in his code, but I can tell you that Mike Williams code was used to type to gain entry. Like it was, it happened. And he said he also regretted never telling investigators that Mike sh um, had shared with clay a secret. Um, he said that approximately 30 days before um, Mike's disappearance, Mike had confided in him that his marriage was on the rocks. He said that there were financial issues and he said he didn't tell him exactly what it was, but there was something to do with some credit card charges that had exceeded what Denise and Mike had set as their limit. 
and that it was bothersome to Mike, and Clay thinks that Mike felt that he couldn't trust Denise after making charges like that. He never said that, but that's how he felt. Like, he thought maybe that was what was going on with him. Um, but he did say it was something about credit card charges. Hmm. Um, so some people after his disappearance thought that maybe Mike had faked his own death, taken some money and decided to like live a life all by himself that he was just going to start over and have his own life outside yeah, of that. But that makes total sense. I know. Right. Anybody that knew Mike would know that would never happen because he was such a family man. Like he yeah. loved, there was even a story that clay and clay's wife. Um, Oh my God, I'm forgetting everyone's name. I'm so sorry. Um, clay's wife. What is her name? Barbara. Patty. Oh. So um, there was a story about like after right after they got married or well, the whole time after they were married, um, if Denise called him and she was like, my car needs gas, he would drop what he was doing and go fill her gas up like he was just the sweetest thing. He would always drop everything. And he was so devoted to Ansley that he would have never left her. Yeah. Like it just never, ever, ever would have happened. I mean, especially somebody who, if he's hunting all the time, so he's frequently using his guns and to keep them housed somewhere else, it's like an extra trip that you have to take just to be sure that she can't get into them. Yeah, he didn't leave. Yeah, I mean, it was obvious that he was super doting, super, yeah, like, attached and loyal father. So here's, I mean, this whole thing, it's like you could... You could guess what happens, but it's like, are you fucking kidding me? So it wasn't long after Mike had been declared legally dead that news broke to Cheryl, God bless her, that Denise had been having an affair with Brian Winchester even before Mike disappeared. They'd been banging, going to pound town. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. So how did Cheryl find that out? Well, so... Mike, I mean, Mike, I'm so sorry. Denise and Brian moved in together. Mm-hmm. And um, they moved into Mike and Denise's house. And then a couple years after Mike disappeared, they got married. Um, but I don't know how she found out, but she did. Like, you know, I'm sure it's a tiny little town. People talk, you know. Yeah. Um, but it had been, like, it had come out that they had been together before that maybe text messages or i don't know what it was but that wow. she found out it's just so got, i mean it's, he moved into that house mm-hmm. and they got married oh yeah so um brian of course like i mean i totally gave all this away but brian he got a divorce from his wife because he was married he gets a divorce from his wife he moves in with them or with um denise and ansley and then um on december 3rd they got married and they were just living large and spending that $1.5 million in death benefits. And she cut off all contact with Mike's mom and brother. Like she just did not let Ansley ever see them. Yeah. Never talks to them ever again. So it's pretty obvious that Mike's disappearance was not an accident. But so one of the things that made it clear was that Mike's boat was found full of gas. Like it was like had just been filled up. So there's no way that he was duck hunting. I mean, he would have used some gas at, at all. Um, the shotgun was found in the boat. It wasn't for duck hunting. The jacket waiters and uh, hunting license were in pristine condition. Right. And Mike was nowhere to be found. 
So investigators launched an insurance probe to prove that there was insurance fraud, but they couldn't prove anything. And then we find out that Denise and Brian aren't as happily married as you would think. And in November 2012, Denise Williams and Brian Winchester separate. In August or on August 7th, 2015, Denise Williams files for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. On August 5th, 2016, Brian Winchester was arrested for allegedly kidnapping Denise and holding her at gunpoint in her car. Um, He was reportedly distraught over their impending divorce, and he told her that he couldn't live with it and he was going to kill himself. So she says, because while she testified, she said that um, he was in her backseat and she got into her car. He like comes up out of the backseat. He's got a gun. He presses it up against her ribs and he's like, I, ha- I have to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And she's like, you don't want to do this. It, it, we can, you know, everything will be fine. You don't want to do this. But he kept saying he wanted to kill himself. Well, of course, but this is just, it pisses me off because she said, after that whole situation that she cannot have a moment of peace like she was just so upset she cannot forget about how he rose up out of the back seat and um all she does is when she wakes up in the morning she thinks about him in her back seat and then when she goes to bed all she can think about is um his gun pressing into her ribs and how scared she is and she's like please please don't let him out of jail like he needs to be in for life if you have Like, if you care anything about this, like, it's either his life or it's mine, because if he's released, he's going to come after me. So please, please, please choose my life over his and like all this stuff. And so Brian was charged with kidnapping, aggravated assault um, with a deadly weapon and armed burglary. Um, Brian was charged or Brian pleaded not guilty. And on August 10th, 2016, the judge denies bail for Brian. On May 4th, 2017, Williams and Winchester's divorce is final. December 19th, and this is where, like, there's a big break in the case. Brian, or um, on December, oh, sorry, no, we're not there. I'm sorry, sorry. Um, On December 19th, 2017, Brian is sentenced to 20 years in prison. Then on December 20th, here's the break in the case. So sorry. Same year, just the day later, Mike Williams' remains are found in six feet of mud near a boating landing at the end of a dead-end road near Tallahassee. So it's not even in Lake Seminole hmm. because they dredged the whole lake. They, they could never find him. This is 60 miles away. Whoa. In a CBS News report by Brian... Not Brian. <laughs> um, report by Richard... Schlesinger. Richard. His name is Richard and I called him Brian. Yeah. I'm just saying Brian all over the place. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. Um he said that after Brian's arrest and sometime before the sentencing, Brian Winchester cracked and confessed in audio recordings. Cause they were asking him, they were like, you know, you might as well just tell us what happened. And they asked Denise, too. They were like, we found Mike's remains. We know that it was not uh, an obviously, accidental drowning. Yeah, yeah obviously. Not, he didn't drown and then, like, How did he transport? Get yeah. yeah, exactly. But so once, my, or once Brian and Denise got a divorce, 
they found like they thought, oh, here's our opening because we can pity them against each other because for as long as they were together, they were, yeah, you know, I mean, they would never turn on each other unless they had super like a lot of evidence. And at this point, it's still circumstantial evidence. So they asked Denise, they're like, Denise, look, girl, like we know that something happened. You know what happened. Just tell us what happened. Like, tell us what he did. And she was like, no, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. And they're like, well, but this, you know, like, it's not you, obviously, it's him. But, you know, he's going to be in jail for a long time. It could help him put him, could help put him away for a long, long time. Just tell us what happened. And she's like, I don't know anything. You're not going to hear anything from me. I have no idea. So then they ask Brian, Brian, what happened to Mike? And the, mm, the craziest thing, though, is he confessed but he made it to where the prosecutors could like that he could not be charged with the murder the only way that he was going to confess is if he was not charged with the murder so there's he confessed to doing it he said i went and met mike at a gas station i followed him to the lake we launched the boat it was just like a hunting trip was supposed to be Winchester, um, this is, you know, he cut a deal with the prosecutors and in exchange for his confession, he would not be charged with the murder, even though he admitted to killing his best friend. So he said, I got up or I got him to stand up and I pushed him into the water. At that point, he panicked, obviously. I was in a panic. I didn't know what to do. So I ended up shooting him. And the investigator goes shooting him where? And he said, in the head. And the agreement that they had drafted up said that Anything that he said on that day could not be used against him, which pisses. I just don't I don't understand. Why would they make that deal? I have no idea. No idea. But apparently, like Denise's lawyer was like, I've never seen such an amazing ironclad agreement before. Like, there's no way that he's going to be tried for it ever. It's it's amazing. Like, how I don't know how he he got that, but. So then Brian, he went on to say, I backed my Suburban down to the edge of the lake and I put his body in the back. I pushed the boat back into the water. Then Brian said he left Mike's truck and trailer at Lake Seminole to make Mike's disappearance look like an accident. But actually, Mike's body was nowhere near there. Um, When they found his skeletal remains, they also found his wedding ring, which he still wore. Um, The skeletal remains showed that he had very clearly been shot at point blank range with a shotgun and in the head, in the head, in the face. Mm. It was in his, in the face. And, um, I don't know. He said that Denise would never get divorced. And so she basically said, there's only one solution. And he said, we would end up together. We would live happily ever after. Oh, and as a side note, we've got all this money to enjoy a wonderful life together. So five months after Mike's body was announced, Denise Williams was arrested and charged with first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder and accessory after the fact. And Patty Ketchum, Clay's wife, who I feel like we would be best friends with because she's precious, um, also with Cheryl, but... She said, it's a bittersweet feeling. You're so thankful that she's been outed for the true person that she is, but it doesn't. You're still left with the same result. And um, Richard Schlesinger, I don't know how you say his name. Um, He said, even though you saw her led away in shackles. And she said, yeah, and in an ugly dress and and hair that needed a dye job. I got to tell you, that felt pretty good to me because I know how important appearances are to her. 
which hmm. I think is kind of funny because yeah. if you look at the picture, it was an ugly dress. <laughs> Sorry, Denise. It was ugly. Um, so Denise Williams had been, de- she's been denied bail and now she's just awaiting trial. And if she's acquitted to the murder because, or of the murder, because there's not a lot, I mean, it's like Brian's word against hers and he's a confessed killer. Yeah. Well, and if, if he's the one that did it and perpetrated the crime, you're not going to find any type of anything to tie her to it. <coughs> Excuse me. Like, at least with him, they could potentially, I'm sure they didn't find the bullet or anything, but I don't know. Maybe they could tie something, but if it was just her idea, that's going to be a hard hard to prove mm-hmm. although i mean circumstantially there's a lot there but it's circumstantial why would they completely forego ever being able to try him for it just to get him to implicate her like it's like a slam dunk case but they wouldn't have gotten his confession unless yeah, but I mean, you don't know that necessarily either. Like eventually well, true, he could, but but I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that I don't know how that works, honestly. Like I can't say But if the only thing technically or that's supposed to be solid or whatever is tying her to the case as him, that's I feel like that's nothing. Right. Cause on the other end of that, did they give him any type of I mean, immunity is a benefit. Like, that's a benefit. So yeah, he's only he's only been um, convicted. Like he he only is sentenced to twenty years. That's it, and he's a con- confessed killer. I mean, the only thing that he is being pro or whatever you call it, like he's he is in jail for kidnapping with a weapon, like at gunpoint. But he killed somebody, and so I guess it's, what, manslaughter yeah. is kind of the same thing, I guess, but... But also, a jury or a defense is going to be able to look at that and say, he's got every reason in the world to implicate her. He's mad at her because she got him put away for 20 years. So, he has every reason in the world to try and pin something that he did on her, and look, he's got immunity. Like, that's just going to... I feel like that's just going to look so bad. Yeah, I mean... It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because her her trial has been set for December 10th of this year. So I have no idea what's going to play out with that, um, but it's going to be interesting to follow it. Her lawyer, Ethan Way, said, of course, that she had no knowledge of the murder before, during, or after, and that he is so lucky because he's got the best kind of client, an innocent one. And um, Wow. I know. At her bail hearing, Denise, it said that she showed no sign of emotion. Um, She had to sit through, it was like two hours of Brian Winchester's testimony. And she had to hear how he described killing her first husband. And she didn't have one single tear. Like she was Hmm. not upset at all. She just sat. And they're saying that her own worst enemy is going to be herself because there's no remorse. There's no empathy there's no nothing like she's just like void of feeling well and even immediately following his disappearance hearing 
what she said to his mother. And she didn't want, I mean, you know, you would think like if something happened to my husband and I didn't know what happened to him, but it didn't seem like if somebody was like, well, I mean, I guess he's vanished. I would be all about like, let's get something going here. There is no way that that just happened. You know, you would think that she would be on Cheryl's side and been like, mm-hmm. let's get going. With or this. you would want to hold out hope that he's still alive. I mean, after several years, I get it. And but I mean, it was so quick, like brian moved in real quick you know like well and after only six months being like all right we got to get the show on the road like and i also do understand financially it is hard because if you're relying on your husband's income too to make well and they were relying on just his income because he made it to where no because he was such a sweet um husband she didn't want to work after ansley was born so she didn't work like Mm. and no nothing against stay-at-home moms i know that shit is hard i mean i don't know but i can imagine but it's like he did everything to make a good life for her and of course like she didn't have any income after that so Mm. i understand that. yeah so you're like i can get that you're like okay well what are we gonna do to pay the bills still though i just don't know if i could say okay well i need to get him declared legally dead like, how do you even find the, like, the ability to say those words? Yeah, like, like how do you resign? Because you want to hold, like, you want to hope that they're still coming home. For sure. Like, let's find him. Yeah, instead of being like, okay, well, we're going to move on. And also, Ansley, here's your new daddy. Like, it's just, it seems so cold and callous and I don't know. And she was a year and a half old when he died? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She never even. She didn't know him at all. Yeah, Yeah. or she Uh, won't remember him. And now she's in college. She's nineteen. And um, this CBS uh, report that I read, it's just two days old. So Mm. where? Who? Okay, so she's nine. Well, when did when did she get arrested? She got arrested May eighth of this year. Of this year. Okay, so she got arrested this year. So her daughter, their daughter, was already old enough. So it's not like anybody has to have custody of her. Wow, so she spent that long with basically this other man. Because they just got a divorce on, they filed in 2015, mm. and they separated in 2012. Wow, so she's known, her, like, that's been her dad pretty much her, her whole life. Her whole life, yeah. Wow, that's got to be really tough for her. I wonder what her reaction is to all of this. Can you imagine being Ansley, though? Like, you know... Her biological father passes away or is and the closure that no one has gotten because Cheryl had no idea. She was like, the hardest thing is I don't have a body like I don't have anything to bury and I don't know what happened to him. Like, did was it quick? Was it painless? Was he scared? Like, you know, all the things she's so upset and she's so sweet. Yeah. And even though he's an adult, I mean, those are the things that you worry about for your children. Mm hmm. You, and the unknown is so much worse sometimes. Like your mind can just well, yeah, go your imagination. Go. Yeah. yeah. But like Ansley, her dad is disappeared, missing. Her, the only father that she knows is arrested for attacking her mother. And then her mother is arrested for killing her biological father. Like, and the only father that she knows confessed to killing her biological father. Like that's, it's yeah. so sad because the only victims here are Mike and Ansley yep. and all of the family, you yeah. know, like it's just, it is so sad. It's awful. It is. So 
we can obviously keep everybody updated on that case or if you follow it, you have any information that I didn't get. Um, that would be awesome because I tried to it's it's hard with these kinds of cases, I feel like sometimes because there is no ending to it yet. So it's like, right. I don't know. Um, Are you guys proud of Tori for doing a case that doesn't have a resolution? I didn't want to do it. It was hard. But <laughs> here we are. It's just I like those like cut and dry close the case. This is who did it. And this is what happened to them like that kind of case. So it was difficult, but I did it. And hopefully I did not do anybody wrong by it. Like I wanted to do it as best as I could, but I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. That's for sure. We'll Mm -hmm. definitely keep up with it and follow the trial. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you guys think. If you think there's a lot to discuss on this case, do you think there's enough evidence to convict Denise? Do you think that uh, Brian's confession is going to be enough? Do you think it's legit? Um... Do you think that it was easy to say instead of Mike and Denise, Mac and Dennis? <laughs> I'd like to, you know, if y'all want to weigh in on that, that's fine with me. That's important. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let us know what you think on Instagram or Facebook. We do have a discussion group. Somebody actually sent us a message and said, I wish you guys would get a discussion group. And I was like, oh, we actually have one of those, but we That was news to me, too, because I didn't know we had one. (laughs) (laughs) We we don't do anything on it. So we actually have one. So we'll post some stuff about this here, there, there, here. And uh, yeah. And if you uh, don't mind, you can always leave us a review. Those help us out. You could share your favorite episode on social media. Let someone know what you're listening to. If you like the podcast, let someone know. Yep. Uh, so we love you guys. Yes. Thank you so much. See ya next time. Oh, and we have a very special Patreon episode this month. Oh, we do. They're all special. It is. Yes, they all are. But this one is a smooky Halloween episode. Yep. We did it again. And we're going to upload it on halloween yep it's gonna be halloween release so be ready for that if you are not a patreon subscriber just for a dollar a month you can get that and we have four other episodes that are there waiting Mm -hmm. and we've got plenty more in lined up waiting in the wings yep so check it out and uh, we'll see you next time thanks a million bye bye